Hi, everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at the scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's degree in theology. But the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone that I've known since they were in middle school because I was their youth minister, (laughs) but now she's a mom and she's a wife and she has her own career in ministry. It's Maggie O'Donnell. Welcome, Maggie. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. This is, this is a first. I've had lots of like my peers and my contemporaries, but I haven't had anybody that actually was like a minister to and now is an adult (laughs) and I feel very old. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's been a long time. I think at least fifteen years, right? I mean, it's been at least, yeah, which is crazy. Um, and you were, yeah, you were probably like fifteen the last time I saw you, which is insane. So, (laughs) well, it's so cool to that you know you're still like I said in ministry. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what you're doing now? Yeah, thanks. Um, so first, I just want to give a shout out to you because, and for your listeners to know. I actually got in ministry. Um, you are actually a huge inspiration for me. And I don't know if I've ever actually told you that. So, um, I, oh, thank well, you. You know that. and I, I'll kind of a funny thing. Um, when I think back to, to youth ministry, however many years ago that was, um, there's only really a few memories that stick out. And one in particular, um, was that, you know, we're, I, I just remember it's one youth night we're sitting, you know, in the ground in some classroom and, uh, the song Irreplaceable by Beyonce had just come out and you played it. <laughs> I don't know why this is the memory. This sounds on track. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So that can't, you played this and it doesn't, you know, it's really nothing to do with God. And, you know, you, you hit pause or, you know, stop and, and you're like, but you're irreplaceable to God. And then, like, that's the memory I think of for some reason. But I think I just remember thinking like, man, this, this woman like loves Jesus and Beyonce. Like, I could do this. <laughs> I yes. could be cool and love Jesus. Like, you know? So anyway, yeah, um, you are a huge inspiration. So thank you for everything you're doing. Um, but I, yeah, I have only been in ministry for maybe six years and I've done kind of a sprinkling of, of things, um, just a life situation. Um, you know, I've moved kind of from place to place. I uh, went to uh, Franciscan University of Steubenville and I have a uh, bachelor's of theology from there. Um, from there, I, I moved to Mobile, Alabama, which is where my husband's from. And uh, uh, I was a youth minister there at a very small parish for only a year. And I worked with middle school and high school um, and I actually taught middle school as well. Um, and then we, after we got married, we moved to Montgomery, Alabama, and I worked at a Catholic school um, and I was a um, sophomore theology teacher. Uh, so teaching Jesus to uh, 16 year olds. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. That oh, was, yeah. Um, that was fun. Been yeah. there. Yep. <laughs> one of my favorite, um, favorite career moves. Um, and then when we, we ended up moving back to, I'm from Northern Virginia originally, and um, we ended up moving back here for my husband's job. And um, I, I worked at a parish um, up here coordinating for their uh, pre-K through fifth grade faith formation. So kind of a total end of the spectrum um, from high school. So very different. Um, and I just recently left uh, that parish to just uh, be a stay-at-home mom to my three kiddos. Um, I have three under five. So my, my house is uh, 
loud, <laughs> but uh, it, it's great. And I, um, I love it. It's, you know, I'm, I'm still doing a lot of volunteer ministry, which is, which is great. I can't not do stuff. So, um, and it's just fun oh to God. see, um, you know, my kids start getting into their faith and learn their prayers and all that fun stuff. So I'm really excited. To be That's so beautiful. And, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, um, Oh my gosh. I, I love your story. I'm, I'm so touched. I, I that's totally on track, obviously for me, <laughs> everyone knows me like to use some pop culture, um, in ministry. I was so young. I was like right out of college, 23 when I was working yeah. there <laughs> and I, I feel so old now, but, um, it's so beautiful how God has used you to, um, to, to be in ministry and to work with middle school and high school age. It's kind of crazy how our lives are paralleled a little bit now um, in that. And that's awesome that you've committed your life to ministry and, and to being a mom. So thank you for all that you're doing for the church too. So you have picked a passage that is certainly challenging. I know it wasn't your first pick, but we can talk about that's your first okay. pick too. That's but okay. <laughs> um, I'm excited to to dive into to this pick and hear why it's personal to you. But um, I'm going to have you read it first. So you've chosen Matthew 16, verses 24 and 25. Is that yes. right? Um, and I'm using the um, RSV, Revised Standard Version, um, Catholic Edition. So um, might be a little bit different. Awesome. But... I love that. I love it when yeah. it's different. So uh, here we go. Then Jesus told his disciples, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Okay. So mine's a little bit different, but not too much. So I'll, I'll read my, my translation, just a few words here and there. Um, then Jesus says to his disciples, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So I can't wait to get into why you picked this and um, what it means to you. I'm just going to give a little bit of um, historical context for our listeners. So the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew was an apostle um, as well as the Gospel writer. He originally was a tax collector, and then Jesus called him, and his call to become an apostle is documented in chapter 9 of his Gospel um, of Matthew. And he, and like John, the Gospel writer, is writing to a Jewish audience because he was Jewish. Um, but whereas John does a lot more with Jewish symbols, which we've talked a lot about John on this podcast, um, Matthew is much more straightforward and takes his cues from Mark and is considered one of the synoptic Gospels that are kind of similar. And in this particular passage, the subheading um, for the verses says the conditions of discipleship, um, which I'm interested to dive into and see your thoughts on that. Um, but right before this, Jesus is like questioning a lot about his identity. He predicts his passion. So it's really interesting that he follows it with this direction to the apostles about what they need to do to be his disciple because he had just predicted like his own passion right before this. So. That's a little bit of context for everyone on this passage. And this passage, I think, is referenced also or like this um, this command or like the, the denying yourself and taking up the cross is also mentioned in Mark and Luke in, um, in their gospel. So so I'm curious, why did you I know, that, like, like I said, this is your second pick, but um, I know this has a personal meaning for you. So why did you pick this passage? Yeah. So um, so like I said, I went to Steubenville and um, Steubenville is a for those who don't know, it's just a very traditional Catholic school. Um, 
and they don't have sororities and fraternities. Um, instead, we have what's called households, um, which is not actually who you technically live with. I think it originated that way. Everybody lived together, but um, it's really like a faith-based sorority. Um, and you choose your, um, your household by its charisms. Um, so what draws you uh, to that household is the charism. And, and the one that I ended up joining is Theotokos, which means God bearer. It's a name for Mary. Um, and the, the main charism is carrying the cross um, and like carrying your own cross and walking with Jesus with that. And um, so the verse, um, like our, our household verse is this verse. Um, all about carrying your cross. And, and the one thing that I, that really sticks out from being in that, that group, um, when you're intenting to that group, so like, you know, you're discerning to, to officially um, commit to being in the group, um, part of your intentship is a week or two of you're actually carrying a literal crucifix around um, you carry with oh, wow. it everywhere. And um, which like, I think anywhere else would look super weird, but at Franciscan, it was like, whatever, like <laughs> somebody carrying a crucifix. That's so um, funny. That's crazy. Uh, um, I mean, and it was a small, you know, it could be big, small, whatever, but you had to carry it around everywhere. And um, so it reminded you of, you know, your own cross, but it also like a really beautiful thing is any sister could come up to you um, at any particular point and say, I, I want to carry your cross for you. Um, and you would have to give yeah. it to them. And so like, sometimes it really would be kind of an emotional moment because if you're dealing with something, if you're having a really bad day and just all of a sudden a sister comes up and says, I want to carry your cross, like, you know, how beautiful that is mm -hmm. that somebody's helping you carry that. Um, so anyway, that rereading this, you know, I, um, obviously I'm, you know, a good few years out from college now. And so kind of diving back into the scripture and remembering those moments or, um, really beautiful to remind me, like, you know, the cross is obviously like it, and we can dive that, you know, into that with this scripture, but, um, you know, obviously it symbolized a lot of suffering and it is a lot of suffering, you know, our crosses, but like, that is also beautiful and, you know, it turns us towards Christ. So, um, that's, that's a beautiful, that's beautiful. I have so many questions. So did you have to carry the cross? just the time that you were like discerning or was that periodically? No, so it was just that, that period of discernment. So it was, um, okay. I don't know, you just, I can't even remember really, uh, maybe a month you had. Of, a couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, you had a month of internship, give or take, and you only carried it for about a week or so. Um, yeah. I got it. That's still really beautiful. And then I'm curious too, as to why that resonated with you, like that, that charism of denying yourself like can you maybe get into that a little bit why that resonated yeah I mean I, I think um the idea of carrying our crosses um resonated with me a lot just um knowing the struggles in my own life and you know I was I transferred mm -hmm. to Franciscan um and I think and I you know some of the listeners might disagree with me but I think the best way to go to a school like that to Franciscan to any kind of like real traditional school is to transfer in because there's a reason you're going there um and mm. I the most broken people um that I knew went to Franciscan and found a lot of healing um through Christ and mm -hmm. they found really their direction in life and where he wanted them to go and 
um, I transferred there from James Madison University, which I loved being there too. Um, that was that's a great school, mm-hmm. um, and I chose. You know, the Lord really like the Lord led me to to Franciscan, um, and knowing the struggles in my own life and different things that you know, different crosses that I I was carrying, and um, it just it resonated that this is you know that that particular group was was where I needed to be and. Um, just kind of diving into the scripture, you know, reading, rereading, and, you know, I kind of read this a couple of times today and then thinking about what we were going to talk about. I I feel like this is just another one of those like truth bomb Jesus moments, you know, like he has so many of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. especially like in, in this section of Matthew, just these, and right before this, he like tells, uh, you know, he tells Peter, like, get behind me, Satan. And like, and right. <laughs> I'm sure Peter's like, really like, um, so he, you know, to tell, he's really like to say, you know, let him deny himself. Like, you know, in order to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself. And um, one of the notes that I saw um, on this, you know, to deny oneself is to disown oneself as the center of existence. Um, and this, this yeah. idea, yeah, this idea that like, you know, Jesus is basically like, Hey, you know, stop being so selfish. Like you are not the center of the universe. You're like, you know, and, and who should you yeah. really be looking towards? And, um, so for him to first say like, you need to deny yourself, you need to like step back and look around you and, and see who else is, you know, in, in need, but also like, see that you're not in control. Like you need to humble yourself. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I, you said a lot of beautiful things there and I keep going back to that image you started with of like your sisters in your household offering to help carry your cross. Cause I think often I think of when I'm thinking about carrying my cross, I'm thinking, and I had a podcast a couple weeks ago with, um, from Galatians where it was about bearing each other's mm-hmm. burdens. And I think sometimes we think of that we have to do that alone or I don't know. I'm just, I'm such a control freak personally. So I often don't want to, you know, burden someone else with whatever I am carrying. Mm -hmm. So um, I like that you brought up that image because it's kind of changing the way I look at this passage a little bit. And like, yes, we do have to deny ourselves. And I also saw that footnote about (laughs) disowning and I was like, well, we definitely need to talk about that. Um, But now it's flipping this a little bit for me because I'm like, I do have to deny myself, but I have people that can maybe help me when that's hard. And um so let's let's get into it. Let's dive into it. Um, let's talk about that footnote about disowning. So the um, I also had that. So it says, like you said, to deny someone this is a footnote for verse 24. To deny someone is to dis- to disown him and to deny oneself is to disown oneself as the center of one's existence. And that's intense. So what do you what do you make of that? Uh, like what does yeah, that mean to you? So, you know, it's funny, like as a mom, like I just I think of like yeah. my my little kiddos who you know they are the center of their world and if one of their siblings has their toys or if mom's paying attention to one over the other like they're not happy about that and like they are you know it's it's only them and they're you know and that's that's reasonable for their age you know like that's like we grow up and realize that like we're not the center of the universe you know hopefully we do um Mm -hmm. and so you know to think like to deny oneself like it's just a daily to wake up and realize like, okay, like I am going, like, I'm not just going to, 
and lay in bed today and ignore my children or, you know, I'm not going to, mm-hmm. um, you know, even I'm not going to ignore that person who I walk by, like, I'm going to say hello to them because, um, you know, like they're, they're important too. And it's not just about me. And I think back to, I don't I know, I'm kind of jumping around here, but um, my, I, my oldest, she's four. And she is the friendliest little girl you'll ever meet. She says hi to everyone. And we're actually, (laughs) we're getting to this point of like, okay, you can say hi, but don't like tell them about yourself because you don't know that person. You know, like she wants to be friends with everyone. Um, But also it's just so beautiful because she, she just recognizes like that person is, is valuable and loved and I should say hi to them and like see how they are. And, um, you know, so this idea of like denying ourselves, you know, I think just in today's culture, especially, and I mean, it makes it harder, right. With like the masks and stuff. I saw somebody at Target the other day that like, I didn't recognize them until I heard their voice because like, we can't see, you know, anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this idea that like, it's not just about me, like, and it, part of taking up our crosses is like the very first step before we can even look at like, you know, any kind of, before we can accept any kind of suffering or any kind of um, you know, issues we're facing, like we have to remember, like, it's not just about me. Um, and, right. and not just that, like, it's, it's not just like we have to look at you, but like, I have to humble myself and realize like there's a higher power here. And like, you know, God is in control and like, I have to let go of some of that control. <laughs> and like, that's, you know, that's hard. Like you right. said, you're controlling. I am too. Like, it's just, that is hard. Um, so. so I, I, there's a couple of things that kind of came up for me or resonated with, uh, with me for this. So I mentioned that this kind of comes into play where Jesus is asking them, you mentioned this too, like right before this, Jesus says, you know, who am I? And they answer correctly, but then quickly Jesus tells Peter to, to get behind mm-hmm. him. And it's just like this very humbling moment. So there's that humility piece that we need to humble ourselves and not get ahead of ourselves. Like Peter seemed to be getting a little bit ahead of himself. And this other thing that resonates is the idea of sacrifice, which is what you're talking about. You sacrifice your, you know, as a mom, that you're not the center of your world. Um, as a single person, I get to be the center <laughs> of the world in some yeah. ways, but I try, you know, not to be. And so I think, um, you know, what he's saying here too, like for me to disown myself is to just have that, that check of like, you know, what is my identity? What's the larger picture that I, I'm a part of. And you're mentioning that too, like right now with COVID, it is about a larger picture. And um, so I think this is a really good verse for us to reflect on in these times when it, you know, what, what can I deny? What can I sacrifice so that there is a greater good that I can contribute to the greater good? You know, I think that's what Jesus is asking them to do is not to get ahead of themselves and not to think solely about themselves. So the next part of this, so we talked about the denying and taking, and I don't know, the taking up the cross, um, you mentioned a lot, like literally doing that at Franciscan, and then also kind of like that you identified with it because of your suffering and, and things at that time. And um, I think this idea of taking up a cross is so, it's so Christian. So I wonder how we can maybe like, I guess, I guess other people can, who are not Christian can still relate to it. And this idea of like a burden, right? Like alleviating somebody else's burden. Um, you know, that that's kind of what the cross represents. It's like our sin that weighs us down. And so for, I think for other people too, even if we don't think about maybe it in the Christian aspect, people can probably relate to 
helping each other with the, our sins or with our burdens. Um, I don't know if you wanted to jump in and yeah. add to that at all, like the how others can relate to this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when I read this passage and I think about like when the disciples heard the, the word cross, um, you know, mm-hmm. they're thinking right. like, this is a torture device. Like this is, you know, that's right. exactly right. what it was back then. And like, that's terrifying. Um, and so to think, you know, okay, well, what is a cross? You know, cross is some sort of suffering. Um, and obviously like Christ used the cross for the ultimate good, right? Like dying for our sins. Mm-hmm. Um, so really like even non-Christians can look at this and say like, okay, well, how can my suffering be, like point to joy, you know, how can I spin it in a positive way? Um, you know, this, this is, I guess, more of a personal thing, but you know, as I go back to like being a mom, that's just my world right now. Um, (laughs) my, um, my youngest, uh, she, she's just been, you know, a challenge. She, she wasn't planned, you know, she's very much a surprise and Mm -hmm. she, um, it it was hard for me to accept it for a while. Um, you know, as Catholics, like we're pro-life, but like, it's also like, you understand like it's still hard like I had two young kids at home and sure. um you know like it's uh it was hard for me a while to accept it and it was hard labor she was 10 pounds like she um she's my only she's yeah. my only child that's gone to the emergency room twice in her first year of life um you know, she's in a oh, hospital wow. stay like she was on oxygen it was I mean before COVID was even a thing she had some mysterious virus that was, she was on oxygen at two months old like, oh my god she's just been it, it's been one step and and but she is the biggest joy in the entire world um mm-hmm. and I kept saying from you know the moment we found out about her like God has huge plans for her life um and she, I just yeah. know like she's gonna do amazing things and obviously all my children are right but like just you sure. know, she is and I and I think moms out there listening will understand this like she it was a cross that I had to bear and still like any kind of motherhood is like that's a cross um and so it, it was a type of suffering but what joy like it's just so it's so beautiful to watch her like she's just learning to walk now like it's such a joy I was just talking about with my students recently too because we we I mean we just started it's we're only in like week six but we start with Genesis which is one of the hardest books there's so much there's so many symbols and everything like that um but we kind of talk and introduce the idea of suffering because ultimately all of it points to Jesus and redemption and it's interesting how well they even even as a middle schooler they can understand that sometimes bad things have to happen Mm -hmm. um or are, are are allowed suffering is allowed because it builds strength and it builds character and it can produce good um so I was like, I'm delighted when they, they understand that because then I'm like, great, then the salvation history thing is going to make a lot more sense for you, you know, um, because it's all, it's all point in there, a lot of suffering. Um, so like what you were sharing about your daughter is really beautiful. And I appreciate you sharing that. Cause I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, <laughs> well, I was going to move on to the, the, the second part yeah. here, cause this is something I also talk about with my students that, um, because I think it's complicated to understand, like whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And, you know, it definitely goes along with this idea of denying yourself. Um, 
but the students get really wrapped up on like the literal interpretation. Like, what does it mean to like save your life or lose it? And what is that? Like, does it mean that you want to die? And like, well, kind of, but like, you know, so it's really hard to explain to a middle schooler. I don't know if you wanted to, as someone who's worked with middle schoolers, um, share your thoughts on that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to that. Um, yeah. And you can almost think of the idea of like being in the world, but not of the world. Right. That like, um, you know, it's, and and it's funny, like, yeah, the middle schoolers, even high schoolers, like they just, they clutch on to that literal, like, but I want to save my life. I don't want to die. And like, that's very human, right? Right. We we're all like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think just this idea that, um, you know, we, it's not that we don't want to live, like, obviously we want to live great lives and, and those lives will glorify God, but we have to remember our goal. Um, and so not to get so caught up on the little things in life um, and, and not to hold on so much to our pride and, um, you know, our identity on earth um, that we forget like that, that the ultimate goal is heaven. Um, and that like, and, and this idea of like, um, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Like, obviously like he's like, Christ is not just saying like, you have to be a martyr to get into heaven. Like he's saying like, you have to have that mm-hmm. humility. Like you have to realize, um, like you, you want to lose yourself in Christ. You want to lose yourself in that ultimate good and that ultimate truth, um, that you're, you know, even without, um, really even talking about Christ, like people know there's something different about you because you live a different way. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't what were your thoughts? No, I think that's, that's really well said. Absolutely. I think people can still relate to that. Um, but the fact that we are, he says to do it for his sake, I think goes back to that idea of disowning. It's like, not just for yourself, mm-hmm. you're doing it for the, you know, for the cause, for him, um, for your, for your faith. Um, and so it kind of ties it all together. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say about this passage? Because I also wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about John if you wanted to, since you didn't get to, we didn't get to do the oh, one you really wanted to do. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> why did you want to do, why did you want to do the wedding at Cana? I'm curious. Because so that's the one you wanted I'm to do actually, originally. My, like the thing I always focus in on um, at the wedding at Cana is not even like the miracle of Christ. Um, it's Mary's role mm-hmm. in, uh, in the wedding at Mm-hmm. And I just think it's really cool. Um, even before Jesus is introduced, it says, you know, Mary was there. Mary, the mother of Jesus was there. Um, so she, it was, um, you know, she plays such a central role. Um, and it's her, um, you know, really it, it's her giving up Christ in that, you know, like it's, it's her little baby boy, you know, and, and finally it's like, yes, go mm-hmm. like do your mission. Um, and so I think her role is just so vital, um, in that passage. And then obviously like, it's this great miracle, um, and he starts his mission. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I love, like, obviously I love this, the verse that we spoke about, you know, here too, but um, I think this was the, I honestly think this was the perfect verse. Cause I mean, hearing your story about, um, your household and how it connects to you. Um, and I think that this is a verse that people can absolutely relate to, even though that concept of the cross is so Christian. Mm-hmm. I think, like you've said, this time period that we're living in right now, we do need to sacrifice. And I think that me personally, I think that's a concept that's really hard for people because we've, be, we've become such an individualistic society. Our, you were talking earlier, too, about teaching your daughter to like 
you know, kind of rein it in a little <laughs> bit. And it's hard because you like you want to say like, like be friendly and be social. But like, this is kind of what I'm I was I'm getting at, like, we've gone from like being super communal to like being really enclosed and now literally like enclosed because of COVID, you know, and it's, it's, and we need to be more sacrificial for the greater good as I kind of started by saying. And so, I don't know, I think this is a perfect verse that kind of reminds us of all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And it is really cool that, you know, I, I kind of get to see the world through my kids' eyes because they don't really understand the whole COVID thing. You know, they're, uh, you know, four, two and, and an infant. So it's just their, you know, their biggest thing is like me telling them, no, you can't hug that person. <laughs> you know, like you just have to wait today, yeah. you know, and, but it is really beautiful to see like, well, it, it's almost like, you know, nowadays, it, I don't know how you feel about this, but sometimes it's like you're in the grocery store and you're just like your head down and you're just going and you don't even make eye yeah. contact with people. Like, it's like, you know, not that you're going to get yeah. COVID that way, but like, And so it's just that good reminder of like, no, open your eyes and say hello. Like it's, everybody needs that like human interaction and um, in such a hard time. Um, And yeah, like just to realize like we do have to sacrifice and and we are living in community, like whether we want to or not, because like our our town or, you know, or even our neighborhood or town or our, the country like it is a sort of community and we have to sacrifice for that community you know because we're all going through the same thing you know I was hoping at the beginning of this that it would it would give us more connection and in some ways it has like because we are all having like a similar experience but at the same time everybody obviously is experiencing it in a completely different way like you as a mom me as a teacher like there's you know so and and there's always that balance and so I think Jesus too in the scripture it is about balance. We can't just like, um, you know, deny ourselves completely mm-hmm. and just, you know, carry around this big little yeah. literal cross. Like it has to be about this balance of like, okay, I am disowning myself. I am a part of a greater good. Um, and I need to humble myself, but, uh, that, but only at the service of like the, the community and the greater good, which as we talked about that suffering can bring joy. Absolutely. I think I, I think I tied it all yeah, in there. Yeah. <laughs> there <Amen>. <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanted to say about this passage or just in general? That's it. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. It was great to talk to you again. I know. It's so cool to connect. And like I said, it's so cool. All the things that God is doing with you, like all that you've been through and your experience as a mom and working with with, uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers. It's just really cool to see all, all that God is doing in your life. So thank you for stepping up to to try this. <laughs> I appreciate it. Is there anything you wanted to plug? I always give people at the end like, you want to do social media shout outs or like if there's an event you're planning oh gosh, or anything no. <laughs> pray for one another we'll send some yeah, prayers your way we'll you. send some prayers your way as a I mom well if people want <laughs> absolutely uh, if people want to reach out to me and talk about scripture with me uh, you can find me at seven mile chats on instagram or at miss ruckley m-s-s-t-r-u-k-e-l-y-1 on twitter and i would love to talk to you about scripture i'd love to have you as a guest if you're interested um, but Maggie, it was really awesome to talk to you. Thank you so much for doing this and let's definitely keep in touch. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye everybody.